so we have these people that are 22 years old that are building personal brands and then now they're coaching other people on our team like literally we have a 24 year old who's never had a job like this before and she's coaching three 22 year olds that just joined our team now and i'm saying their age because i'm just saying like can you imagine 10 years of building a personal brand of like how much success a person could have from 22 to 32 so we're trying to give people head starts and we call this non-traditional benefits and so when we're recruiting people we say yeah you may get ten thousand dollars somewhere else but we're going to teach you how to build a personal brand and then you can go get double your salary in 18 months hi friends welcome to the sales enablement podcast i'm your host andy paul that was casey graham casey's the ceo of gravy and co-founder of a new venture titled Command AF. In our conversation, we're talking about the importance of building a LinkedIn culture within your organization, as well as why it's essential for individuals to build their own personal brand on LinkedIn. Now, if you're still doubting the importance of this personal brand for sales professionals, a recent study by Rain Group found that 82% of buyers read a seller's LinkedIn profile before speaking with them for the first time. So over the past year, Casey has become, in my mind, the most eloquent and forceful advocate for this topic. And in our conversation today, Casey shares some key metrics that demonstrate the impact of this LinkedIn strategy has had for his company and potentially could have for yours as well. We'll also dive into why Casey, as a CEO of a high-growth startup, encourages his team to be active on LinkedIn. And he'll share why he isn't afraid of people leaving. In fact, he'll talk about his goal to see at least seven new companies started by folks who work for him. We'll also talk about his new venture, Command AF, in which he has set a goal of helping 1 million people build their personal brands on LinkedIn. It's a great conversation. We get into this and much, much more. But before we get to Casey, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me so much, Andy. Been looking forward to talking to you for a long time. Yeah, me too. You're the you're the LinkedIn famous guy. So this is cool. I'm the LinkedIn famous guy. You're the LinkedIn famous guy. What are That's you talking about? That's not true. That's not true, man. You've been doing this way longer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the, I'm the new shiny toy. <laughs> you're the, as far as I'm concerned, you're the king of LinkedIn these days. So oh, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So, so where have you been hanging out during the pandemic? Um, well, I've been hanging out. I, I live on a 38-acre farm in Cumming, Georgia. Uh, it's about an hour north of Atlanta. And uh, I fish and hunt and ride uh, four-wheelers and uh, shoot stuff. And uh, that's just <laughs> kind, of, kind, of the, kind of the life that, that, that I live here in uh, north of Atlanta. Very interesting. So, wow. So, do you have, like, animals, farm animals? Um, we do not have farm animals, yeah, okay. but we did. And uh, when we moved on to the place, and then uh, we we uh, we quit re- renting the land out to, yeah. to to all the people with the cows because the cows they bring a uh, certain situation that most people they look pretty when you drive by the field, but they don't they smell, smell pretty. And the fly, <laughs> and the flies are, the flies are next level and all that. So so we're essentially a fake farm. <laughs> got it. Got it. A gentleman farmer, I think they used to call that. That's right. That's right. So, and what you're able to hunt on your property? That's right. Yeah. So, I what, do you, what do you hunt on your property? Um, deer. Um, oh, really? Have, oh, yeah. So we have white-tailed deer. Um, then there's um, there's coyote. 
Um, so you can, if you get lucky, you can, you can get a coyote to come out. You put a, you put a, a, a little rabbit out, this little thing that acts like it's a dead rabbit and you got to get out there at four in the morning. And if it comes out, then you, you may be able to shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> so do you need a license to hunt coyote or is that like a public service? No, it's like a public service. They're a menace here. Yeah. Well, here in Southern California as well. So, well, very cool. So it's sort of, yeah. So let's apologize. If, if you hate hunting, I'm sorry. I'm just going to go ahead and give you that. You'll probably be mad at half the stuff I say anyway. So just send emails to uh, my assistant. Yeah. Or send them to me, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm not a, I mean, I'm, I'm not a hunter myself, but I you know, come grew up in the Midwest where in sure. Wisconsin, whereas, you know, deer oh, yeah. season every year and all my friends sure. and their family went hunting. So it's uh you gotta control the deer population um all right so you've been hiding out there that's good okay so question i like to ask my guests is is what's the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself during the pandemic um i don't like to follow rules very well do you um, think that's new or you think you knew that beforehand well little i know of you it seems like that's probably not a revelation to you now. well um kind of but like it's one of those things where it's just, it's just like more than ever, there's so many external people telling everybody what to do all the time that <laughs> it's, it, it, though I may have broke rules, you know, here and there, it's like, it's just like, it's, it's all the time. And so I literally have had to make a decision to like calm my heart, calm my spirit and understand there's things we can't control and this, that, and the other. And I just didn't realize how much, um, you know, I like to go against uh, the grain. And, uh, sometimes, you know, that's, it's worked in my favor and sometimes I've suffered harm because of it, but, um, you know, that's, that's a big thing I've learned. Yeah. So what's one of the sort of big things that you found that you had to go against the grain on? Big things, uh, go against the grain on, Are you yeah. talking about per- personally or company or what? Well, let's go both either one. Let's, we'll start with personal. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just got back from Mexico. So I've, I've traveled, I've traveled out of the country three times since, uh, since, since this thing's hit and, um, you know, people get mad and this, that, and the other, but there's actually countries that are open that you can go to and have a good time. And so, uh, finding that and pushing those mm-hmm. limits and, and going and doing it and spending time mm-hmm. out in the, in the ocean, going with my family on an anniversary trip and doing those kind of things. Um, you know, it's literally, um, finding the hotels that allow you to, to do stuff. It's, it's, it's been, a, it's been an adventure to, to find that freedom because I hate being just stuffed in and stuck somewhere. Um, right. and, and I like being able to go. So that, that's been personal, um, is, is how do you travel? How do you travel different? And anyway, it's been, it, that's been an interesting one for me. Interesting. Yeah, it is. All I mean, your guests, and if you're mad about that too, then send in another email to Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not starting yeah. off good here, but how, man. How do you, but how do you how do you feel stuck on 38 anchors? So I, I mean, I'll tell you, in the first you sure. know 90 days of of COVID, you know, I was, we were in our <laughs> a very small apartment. <laughs> I was like with no balcony space or anything. Now that felt small. Yeah, it's it's more about like you know i mean come on we all miss the opportunity to go oh absolutely travel. i mean yeah travel but even i used to sit in starbucks um every day i would go and i would start my day um from eight after i dropped my kids at school from eight to mm-hmm. ten and sit in starbucks and dude i mean just that like you forget those little still can't do that uh, obviously but but those little things like that, it's just, it, it's, it's just stuff that you miss. And so it's not necessarily about being stuck as much as it's about being 
um, disrupted, right? And, yeah, or and, and stuck we, in the situation, yeah. Or stuck in the situation. I think that's the best yeah. way to put it. Yeah, so I'm ready to not be stuck in the situation, just like everybody else listening. I, you know, that's just, I think we're all ready at this point uh, to do whatever it has to do to like, let's let's move on. Let's, let's get moving. Yeah, shake hands or give somebody a hug. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's that's just next level. So, yeah. Yep. So we're ready to get on with it, man. We're ready to get okay. on with it. But I'm telling you, you know, I, I do think an outlet has been, and I'm not just trying to say this, but like, you know, we weren't even on LinkedIn or I didn't even have a social media presence. I'm not on any other social media apps just because I've never felt at home in any of them. Right. Um, and, 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 and it's been actually kind of nice to have an outlet to the world um, in a different way. Um, and so the virtual hugs and the virtual uh, connection and the virtual thing has become something that I haven't had as a part of my life and has become now something that is super weird because I've never, I've never experienced it before. I've never had a personal brand before. I've never had people that I didn't know, you know, significant relationships being built outside of that. And so I've been mostly a local hometown guy doing hometown stuff. And now it's, uh, it's changed the game a little bit. Well, let's talk about that for, for you and, and for gravy. Cause when did you start? Was it like a year ago? Um, are you talking about LinkedIn? Yeah. In then sort of a serious way, and and so, 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 yeah. So I so I saw a post last November by Sarah Brazier, and mm-hmm. I and, and, and I had gotten on LinkedIn because I forget what it was. It wasn't. I got on LinkedIn for the same reason that people get on LinkedIn that never get on LinkedIn. It was just some weird something. I can't remember. I got some notification or something. So I got on LinkedIn. And then I didn't even know LinkedIn had a content platform, honestly. So I, I got on and then mm-hmm. I saw it. And then I saw a guy from my team had liked something of Sarah's and I read it. And there was this post that she wrote that was about being shamed by some VP of sales or something being a SDR. And I was like, wow. I, and, I, and I saw all these comments and hundreds of things. And I was like, man, she must be like, you know, a total um, influencer and, you know, this, that, and that. And so I started snooping around and going like, wait a minute this is um, an SDR at a tech startup. This isn't like somebody on Shark Tank. (laughs) And, and, and and I was like, and she is a superstar, but I'm just saying my mindset was like, this isn't, this is not like the head person. This isn't the, uh, you know, the, the, the Damon John or the Mark Cuban or, or whatever, but this is, this is a lady named Sarah that works at a company. And I was like, wow. And so I started following her and started getting on a little bit and going like, what's happening here? And I would post like once every, you know, two months. And uh, then finally I messaged Sarah and I said, Sarah, I, I will you meet with me and tell me what you're doing on LinkedIn and help us with our SDR program. I'll pay you a consulting fee. And she said, sure. And so she met with us and told us about it and she introduced the idea to us. So I give all credit to her and she told us about it and told us about the opportunity and told us about why she was doing it. And uh, that was the beginning, and 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 we didn't really get serious or get after it. I didn't start until COVID hit, and that was the starting line for us uh, to really get moving on LinkedIn. And so, define what that means for you as a, as a company, because you've embraced it individually, but you've also built this. Well, seems from the outside, and what little contact I've had with you and and a couple members of your team is, you've built this LinkedIn culture. I'll call it. At, yeah. at Gravy that's had an impact in multiple dimensions. So tell us about how you've built this and how you've encouraged your people to participate. Well, it started by me doing it and just going like, 
I can't believe the amount of reach that I get on this. Like, I mean, I have like, you know, I started with what, 800, not even that, like 300 followers or connections mm-hmm. and I'm reaching 20,000 people on a post or something. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, cause I've been in, I've been in marketing in my life to, to get that much reach for, for free. I'm all like, this is amazing. So I started posting consistently. And, and then what I started to see as we got into COVID is that like, oh my gosh, like um, our mantra I- internally at Gravy during COVID was that we're built for this and that when everybody runs out, we're going to run in and we're going to mm-hmm. be a light. We're going to be a light uh, to the world and we're, we all have voices and we need to share them. And so I started doing it, it started growing. And then I started realizing of going like, hey, all of the people that I'm meeting with that we're recruiting into our company, I recruited them and they got paid more to come work with us because they have a personal brand. Like, and I started going, guys, if you want to increase the, your career presence, if you want to get more, book more calls, if you want to, you know, like get leads, I started going, the people that I'll get on the phone with that are SDRs, they're all the people that are I'm connecting with all the time. And if they want to set up a call, I'll set up a call with them, but I won't with a random one. And so I just saw all these different expressions of like, if you want to anything you want to have professionally, you can have it and it can start on LinkedIn. And I started doing team meetings. And so every um, Tuesday at uh, 11 a.m., we do a team meeting, all team meeting, and our team meetings are for inspiration, not for information. Right. And I started about once a month, I started, in, you know, casting the vision of, hey, if you want us to help you with your career, because our, our internal mantra and goal is for people to leave better than they came in. And, and what we tell everybody is that gravy's temporary. Gravy's temporary for me. Gravy's temporary for you. It's a temporary place. And so, All of you have bigger visions than doing what you're doing or making what you're making or selling what you're selling. You all want more. And this is the opportunity. And I started casting the vision and uh, Tara Hortzmeyer was the first person to go behind me and she Mm -hmm. started posting and she started, she started growing. And then when everybody saw Tara take off, they were like, oh, wow. Like Tara's not the CEO. She's not the figurehead, but she's crushing this and she's exploding and she's meeting all these people and she's booking all these meetings and she's creating sales and she's recruiting staff and she's doing all the things that she wants to do in her career. And now she's getting job offers and she's getting re- you know recruited and all this kind of stuff. Sure. And I was able to use Sarah, uh, Tara then as the example to say, guys, if Tara can do it, you can too. And we're going to set up a LinkedIn influencer channel. And the only commitment you have to make is that if you're going to join this LinkedIn influencer channel, I'm going to no, show this you. This is like on this is like on Slack or something internally. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the Slack, and and so yeah. we have a Slack, Slack is our headquarters, and it always has been. Right. And um, and I said I'm going to lead this channel, and I'm going to show you how to build a personal brand because if you want a personal brand, you can take that with you when you leave Gravy, and you can get everything you want to get out of your career and your life and the vision for that, that you have. And so then um, we opened up the channel and I started breaking down my post. And so I would post, I would post the stats. I would say, this is why I did the headline this way. This is why I wrote it this way. This is why I shared the story. And this is why I asked this question. And this is what the results were. And so what we did is over about 90 days, people were watching and that they were getting their confidence and they were saying, Casey, I don't know what to say. I don't know how, I don't know what to say. I don't know when to say it. And so we broke it down to where there's 13 different types of posts that I post. Um, and, and we branded them different things to say, hey, this post is the Twitter post. You know, this post is what we call the vulnerable proverb. This post is called this. And so we would break it down and create a system 
that would say, this is this type of post, and this is the structure of the post, and this is the question that you ask of this kind of post, or this is why you do it. And I just started modeling the way, and people would do it, and then they would come in there and say, hey, give me feedback. How would you do this different? And so me and Tara would then go in there, and one person at a time, we'd give them feedback. Hey, if I wrote this post, I would change this, change that. And we would just give them coaching and mentoring and guidance. And it started one at a time. And then two people jumped in and then three people jumped in. And then all of a sudden now we're, what, six months later, and we have 45 people that are uh, LinkedIn influencers and growing the brands. Right. Okay. So a lot to break down in that. Um, so first of all, this much? idea. Is that too much? Well, no, we're going to go back and, and break it down if I remember all, all right. Of it. So, so first, which I love this idea, which I think is so important for people to understand, is this idea of, and this is you know, hard for people even to admit to themselves because they don't want to admit it to the company, but that, yeah, when you're working at a company, it's temporary, right? I mean, you're this this way of life, you know, none of us are in a job for 20, 30, 40 years anymore. Not like my dad, 36 years for one company. I mean, hell, I was, <laughs> before I started my own company, I had nine shot, I think I lost track of my companies I worked for. But but you're there for a point of a point in time. And to your, I love this idea you say is that we want you to be better when you leave than when you came in. I mean, I, I think so few, so few, so few managers would say that. Yet, that's how you attract people. Well, I call it corporate terrorism is the other way to do it. And it's a form of dictatorship, in my opinion. And uh, people, uh, they, they, we use our gifts to woo people in, and then we try to give them golden handcuffs, and then we don't allow them to go out and have anything on their own. But if something happens in the company and they're not, you know, the company's not doing well, then we're going to let them go, you know, if, if it just everything's not working well. And mm-hmm. then they don't have anything left but a resume at that point. And right. my thing is like, guys, I don't know if Gravy's going to be successful. Like, I don't know, like we hope it is, but everybody hopes their company is going to be successful. I don't know what's what the end game is going to be. And so we teach them when they come in, we have a class called Kool-Aid. And in Kool-Aid, we teach them, nobody's ever going to have a bigger vision for your career or your life than you are. And so we want you to develop that so that when you go to your next thing or, or, or do what we call a gravy graduation, which we celebrate graduations for people who mm-hmm. launch their own companies or people who go uh, get promoted or get recruited out or whatever. And so, but we can't help you if you don't know the direction that you want to go in. And so we ask them to pick a direction, like, why are you at gravy? And we just call why I gravy. And that's the point. And then from that point, literally we have somebody the other day said, okay, this is a stepping stone for me to become a VP of sales at another company or here. And it's like, I hope we can provide that. But if we can't, I want you to leave in such a way to where you can. But most companies, they don't do that. They, they, well, they, they, don't they, want you to, they don't want to acknowledge what's really happening anyway. That's what I'm That's the maddening part of what I can't right. understand is right. here's, here's a leadership principle. They're already thinking it. You might as well know it. They're already thinking it. You might as well know it. Like it takes all of the guesswork out of everything. And then you're able to align motives for a period of time. And understand right. that this is we're aligning together for a period of time for a mutually beneficial cause. And people say, well, you're helping all these people. And what happens if they all get recruited away? And I go, well, then that means we didn't create a good enough culture for them to stay. So my job is to create a culture where they want to stay, even though they're getting recruited away. And if they do, then it's a good opportunity for them. And that's a win win for everybody. And while they're here, gravy gets a benefit of, you know, book sales meetings and recruiting staff and all this kind of stuff. But well, when it's time to go, or if I sold the company one day, 
or whatever that everybody can do whatever they want to do and have control of their career. And that's what our heart is. Right. Well, I mean, I love this idea of this Kool-Aid class. I mean, the thing that, that is, I think, I think is a, is just a truth, unfortunately, in too many companies is to the reasons you just spoke about, they don't, most companies really don't invest for people to become the best version of themselves because they're afraid if they do, they'll leave, <laughs> which is just nuts. As you talk about us, yeah, we want people to become the best version of themselves and we're going to get the best of them while they're here. And hopefully we've got the culture that will keep them. We'll be able to offer them opportunities to continue to grow. But if not, We've benefited from that, and they've benefited, and they've gone on to something else. Yeah, uh, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, guys, let's wake up. I mean, it really is a form of, like, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded capitalist, and I believe in freedom. And I believe that the best thing you can help people do is to, is to have more freedom in their life and have more options in their life and have more control in their life. Mm-hmm. And the more you help them with that, the more they're going to help you with your company. Like it's it's Seems just a pretty obvious, it's just it? a simple win win, but people are so scared and fearful, and they try to control and keep everybody, and it's just it's just I, I don't well, know. And I think, but but you you hit on the key point that I raise on the show all the time is that for so many managers, they're driven by fear, right? Fear yeah. I'm gonna lose somebody. Fear I'm not gonna hit my number. Fear of this or that. It's like you gotta let that fear go. So, well, and, and I think it just is, is all about your motives. You know, um, I, listen, I'm not, we're not trying to say that we're some great, perfect company with these beautiful motives. Like we mess up. There's some people that come in, they'd leave and say, oh, we mm-hmm. hate that place. We fired them and it didn't work out. And, you know, there's, there's all of that. We have all of the messy, just like everybody else does. But our heart of, and our intent of what we're trying to do every single day is what we say is gravy is a leadership development company disguised in the payments industry. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm trying to create over the next 20 years, a network of people, whether they will go out, we, our goal is to create seven entrepreneurs out of gravy. that create companies that are, have nothing to do with gravy uh, that are on their own. And I want to be the first investor. I want to be the first person behind them to help them however we can um, but also the other people that go out to other companies, because what I've seen, this is, I've been doing this for 14 years. Okay. And what I've seen is if these companies may last for, you know, a stint for somebody for 18 months or three years or five years, but over a 20, 25 year period, if you do right by people and you help people along the way, you all circle back together and you connect later. And, and it's a, it's a mutually beneficial network for the duration of your life. And I think that's worth it. Yeah. Well, I think that whether people are conscious of it or not, I, I think what I read of what you're doing is you're making a statement about the value of being human in business and, and that there is value in relationships, that you know, there is value in connecting with other people and building something deep. Uh, you always think of like Keith, Keith Ferrazzi talks about you know, the value of a network is, is uh, the people you know plus what you do together. You, know, that's, you create value. That's right. And it seems like that that has to be a goal of the individual this day these days excuse me and 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 that's everything to us now i will say this um if you would have talked to me four years ago and in my previous three endeavors um i was a much bigger asshole and i got a lot more wrong okay Mm -hmm. um i i learned this the hard way i learned this by selling a company um, two weeks later, have a bunch of money sitting by myself in a Starbucks, wondering why I exist on the earth. Um, my wife, not liking me, me, not liking me feeling 
disconnected and going like, what is the point of all this? Like, is really the point to like start this thing, get successful, people start writing about you, you sell your company, now you're a millionaire and that's cool. I'm like, I don't, that sucks. I don't want to do that. Like, I want to go to the beach with people and hang out and be connected and and do things together and, and journey together. And I understood finally that meaningful work together with a purpose bigger than yourself is one of the greatest benefits that a human being can possibly have. And most of the world doesn't get that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and right. even people in our country don't get that, you know, um, because they're in these situations to where they have no freedom. And so I'm going to spend the rest of my days trying to create meaningful and purposeful work together. Do If we get an outcome, we get an outcome. If we make money, we make money. But that's not the point. Um, the last thing I'll say is this. My owner's intent for Gravy when I started the company, because I had to have something in a meeting, was to create a company that I would want my adult children to work for someday mm-hmm. if they so chose to. Right. It doesn't mean that this is going to be some lifelong company. It just means if my daughter worked here and she's 32 years old, what would I want her boss to do? Like, what would I want their uh, team meetings to look like? What would I want their, you know, LinkedIn influencer channel to look like? If she's 22 and she's just starting out her career, what kind of opportunities would I want her to have? What kind of correction or, or culture building or, or being a part of something bigger than herself would I want her to have? And so when, I, when we think in that direction, you go like, oh, we are human and we want the best for each other. And that's the heart here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I want to step back a little bit to the the LinkedIn part of things. So you've got your LinkedIn yeah. influencer channel. You've got these, I love this idea, you've, you know, create 13 different types of posts that are structured. You provide coaching to your people. Do you have guidelines for them? I mean, one no. feet, one pushback we sort of get is when we talk to people about this is, is oh, wow. Well, A, we don't want them to spend too much time doing this because it's going to take it away from their sales job. And B is we're afraid they're going to post something, quote, unquote, bad. Okay. So how do you deal well, with those two things? Okay, so number one. Our company is driven by revenue metrics. Every mm-hmm. single every single person, including from my assistant to people in recruiting and HR, everybody is tied to a revenue metric. And everybody knows by Friday and every month if they're hitting their metrics or not. So if they want to spend seven hours a day on LinkedIn scrolling and not hitting their metrics, then that's fine. It'll show up on the dashboard and then we'll deal with that. So like we believe that the metrics and what's laid out for them should govern them, not us, because that's the, that's why they got hired. <laughs> so right. I don't care if you spend two hours a day and you hit your metrics. Cool. That's great. So that's that. So I'll stop there. That's how we manage. Is that normal? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the companies sort of lay it out that way, but then they micromanage people. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying, but that's the metric. Like that, this Why is not? where I'm getting to the crazy. This is the crazy pill stuff. Why not? It's you give people, you're trusting your people. Yeah. And that's the metric. Like it'd be different. It, so if, if you have unclear metrics and that's another problem, right. but we have ruthlessly clear metrics that everybody knows and that they can see and they know where they are and there's no surprise. And nobody's like, I didn't even know I was behind or I know I'm ahead. And this just isn't for sales is for everybody. And so right. that's clear. And so then, yeah, do whatever you want to do outside of that. That's why if you want to pick your kids up off the bus, if you want to go to the elementary school for the, you know, the, the star student thing, or you want to go to lunch with your spouse or whatever, I don't care. What we care about is that. So that's number one, that they're going to say stupid stuff. Here's what I say about that. If they say stupid stuff, um, talk to them about it. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. And if they keep saying stupid stuff, then that's a judgment issue. And then you give them a warning and then you go down your process that you would with any HR thing and say, hey, you're saying stupid stuff. We need to talk about it. And if they keep doing it, then they don't need to work there. So right. that's, how I, that's how we treat those two things. So you're not freaking out every time if it happens. Somebody so says let me something. give you an example. Let me give you an right. example. Like sure. we had we had a we had a person that came on and they started basically they would disagree um, they had a different opinion inside of like what they, what we should do with some marketing thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. the leader basically decided we should do X and they thought we should do Y. And they all agreed in the meeting that they're going to disagree. And then we were like, okay, that just happens sometimes. But then the posts started coming out. There were kind of cryptic posts of like why this, you know, other thing would be the best thing for marketing companies in general. You follow mm-hmm. me? Yep. Yep. Well, there started to be a little triangulation and I hate triangulation where somebody talks to somebody and they say, Hey, did you see this post? And so I got copied on this text message thread where somebody said, did you see this and this, that, and the other, I picked up the phone immediately. And I said, listen to me, you, the worst thing you can do right now is this, you need to call this person and assume with um, the best intent that they didn't mean any harm or whatever, and just have a conversation with them and start there. And they called it, you know, the person said, you know what, I was in the wrong and it ended it. But like mm-hmm. company, I feel like most companies and most leaders don't do that. That's basic stuff that like, you don't have to create a whole company policy or be scared that everybody's going to say something crazy because one person says something one time, right? And and for your your <laughs> participation in sort of the LinkedIn culture, so you have 45 people that are influencers, people can opt in or not. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I told them, I said, we're going to have this LinkedIn influencer channel. My only requirement is if you join the channel that you were participating on LinkedIn, I didn't say how much, I didn't say when, I didn't mm-hmm. say any of that. I just said, don't come in the channel if you're just going to come in the channel. Like I want people that are actually going to get after it and we're going to work together on it and this and the other. And so, um, no that's spectators what, in other words, that's right. No spectators. And you don't need another, you don't need another, you know, Slack channel in your life. So I, I'm going to go with the goers and I'm going to give you my best. And if I'm going to give you my best then you give me your best and we'll, we'll work together that way. And so um, that's what it is. We don't tell people what to post. Um, we don't uh, critique post unless somebody asks. Um, we're not, we don't mandate anything. Um, all, it, all we do is just share, here's what's working. And now it's become where um, everybody is sharing what's working and everybody's sharing, mm-hmm. Hey, I did this type of thing. And so now it's not a Casey thing. It's a, it's a team thing. And so we have these people that are 22 years old that are building personal brands. And then now they're coaching other people on our team. Like literally we have a 24 year old who's never had a job like this before. And she's coaching three 22 year olds that just joined our team. Now, and I'm saying their age because I'm just saying like, can you imagine like, 10 years of building a personal brand of like how much success a person could have from 22 to 32. And so I know, so we're trying to give people head starts and we call this non-traditional benefits. And so when we're recruiting people, we say, yeah, you may get $10,000 somewhere else, but we're going to teach you how to build a personal brand. And then you can go get double your salary in 18 months. And so Mm -hmm. these are like non-traditional work benefits and that's how it's working. So you posted something not that long ago about some of the metrics you've experienced in 2020. Uh, I was wondering if you'd just share some of those again, because like one was, uh, I think, LinkedIn engagement versus you know page views on your website yeah. or something. That was pretty astonishing. 
Yeah. So our company website at that point in the year, I think it was in October, had like 125,000 unique visitors to the homepage. And my just year to, my, year to date in 2020, year to date in 2020. And so and then just just my LinkedIn post had had four million viewers saying uh, in, in this year. <laughs> and, and, and we didn't even, and I didn't even start posting it fully until uh, middle of March right. uh, consistently. And so when you add up all of our people together, we did a rough estimate. It's not we didn't plug people into the dashboard and, and see, but it was way more than 10 million. And so for free, we have 10 million versus 120,000. Now, obviously, a view doesn't mean everything. I get that. Sure. But, but our recruiting cost this month for gravy is zero. For how many people? We just hired, we hired 20 people in the last 30 days. So no recruiting cost. Zero recruiting cost. And so my number one metric is um, recruiting cost and speed to hire. And mm-hmm. so now we flipped it like a year ago. We couldn't find people because we didn't have networks. We didn't have, we're just like everybody else. Hey, we need to recruit somebody. Let's get either a recruiter or like, hey, who do you know? And that stuff takes forever. And then everybody runs out of who they know. And people don't want to post about it because they're like, I don't know. You know, it's just stupid. And so now we're able to do it. And so it, it, we have a line. And so we have so many people waiting in the wings. And people say, well, you can't recruit software developers this way. And we have. Um, we've recruited every type of position and, um, that's, that's, that's our number one metric off LinkedIn more than anything else. And what about tied to revenue? Anything? Oh yeah. We've got a six figure, um, pipeline. I, I would have to get the exact last time I looked, it was, uh, sure. it was like $150,000, um, in, uh, in revenue. Um, I can't remember. I think that was MRR. So mm-hmm. a million, no, no, I'm sorry. That was ARR. And then we had another, we had another 250 in the pipeline. But um, what's weird about it is 45% of our sales calls now, the number people say they may can't come off a, a Google ad or they may come off of a SDR, but they say, oh, we know about you guys from LinkedIn. So 45% of the calls, though they're not attributed to a direct LinkedIn, there's the, oh, we saw you on LinkedIn or, oh, we see Casey's post all the time or, oh, you know, they make a reference. And so I don't know what that's considered in marketing because I'm not a marketer, but I think that probably helps. Yeah, yeah. let's let's say that's good <laughs> just to, to summarize that. All right. So uh, I'll move on a little bit because we've talked about personal brand and you're sort of starting this, this new venture to help people build personal brands. I'm fascinated by this called Command AF. Um, mm-hmm. But... Let's yeah talk about the goal, of it, and then let's talk about what you consider to be the personal brand on LinkedIn. Yeah, the goal of Command AF is is simply, um, listen, if you're a resume writer, I'm sorry. I just like resumes are great to glance at, but they're not great to hire off of. Um, and so, when somebody is a consistent personal brand, you know so much more about them and have so much more insight into how they think, and so much of that that like the most valuable uh, team members into the future and the people that are going to be able to command the most value in the market are people going to have personal brands. And so I'm passionate about people being able to um, display who they are instead of it being off of a pedigree. Some of the best people we have didn't finish college. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so like, but they're, they're, they're freaking wicked smart. 
Uh, I mean, they're leading our departments. I mean, some of our top technology people didn't finish college and they're like, oh my gosh, you didn't go to, you know, Georgia Tech or this. Right. And I was like, no, but they're freaking good. And we found them because they're writing about stuff and all that stuff. So Command AF is that we want to destroy, we want to kill resumes being the, the entryway into companies. And our goal is uh, a million personal brands being built. And I don't know the time frame of how long that will take, but we want to help a million people build personal brands uh, so that they can command whatever they want out of their career. Because here's what you know and I know. It's not about um, where you went to school or any of that. What the, the, the number one way to get any opportunity in your life is who you know. And so mm-hmm. the best who platform currently is LinkedIn. And so that's why the window is open, which I think is a very short window on LinkedIn. Um, we're going to help as many people as possible build those personal brands. And that's what it's about. And why do you think the window's short? Because LinkedIn's going to cash in at some point. They're going to get, <laughs> the, they're going to, they're going to realize that like, you know, you can get people to pay for this. And I think at some point, if you just, you know, I say past, past is the best predictor, of fu- past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. And in big tech, once you have a bunch of people addicted to something, then, um, you know, it's, it's, they, they make you pay for the, for, for the exposure. Right. Right. Well, probably, probably a good bet on that. So what would you consider sort of the good elements of a personal brand for an individual, let's say like an individual salesperson, SDR and AE? I think the most important part, and this is one of the things is to be different. Um, there's already enough sales advice, you know, there's already enough, you know, uh, tips on how to do one, two, three, four on, you know, sell phone calls or marketing advice. And so I, I always look for like an angle or a twist to your, your situation of who you are. And so, um, I can give you specific examples if, if, if you'd like. Sure. Sure. Go ahead. So there's a lady named patience on our team. And so we call her the M M&M and M of gravy. Um, <laughs> she literally came from like very, very hard, hard, hard situations in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, she randomly found us and she fought to get in. And then now she's got a brand that's taken off. And so her brand that she's doing is she's like the M&M of LinkedIn, meaning she writes like inspirational posts. And that's what she does. Like that's her angle. That's her her way. She's not, she's a, she's in data at our company, but she's writing like almost poetry on LinkedIn, but that's what she does. And she does this high level inspirational stuff. She's in data has nothing to do with it, but she's building her. So, but if she wanted to go get a data job, she, she's connected with all these data people that like her. So Mm -hmm. that's a unique take. She's an inspirational writer, but she's in data. So that would be one. Um, another example would be, there's a guy on our team that, um, he, uh, he, he has a military background and so he's in sales. And I was just like, Hey, listen, there's too many salespeople. Like I, if I were you, I would start and I would be like, everything I would do would be, um, military driven. And I would do something on military because number one is that in general, people are thankful for the military and like right. somebody who's in the military and this, that, and the other. And so I would share my stories from that perspective and I would lean more in that direction and then drip in your sales advice. Don't just do sales advice. So that would be another angle. Um, for me, uh, it was to be authentically um, a, a CEO that is willing to say, I go to counseling and I've struggled with anxiety and depression and um, you know, like share the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And so my right. angle was going to be 
you know, most CEOs talk about how everything's so good and cool and this next round of funding and all this kind of stuff. And so my angle was authenticity. So anyway, those are, those are some things that people go like, well, well, what does that mean for me? Well, it basically means like, why do people like you in real life? Like what, what about you in real life? Don't just talk about what you do. Talk about who you are and spend more time there and then drip in the business stuff and more, more people will connect with you because people buy from people that they know, like, and trust. They, I don't care about your tips. I care about you. And if I like you, then I'll buy anything you sell me. Right. Well, I like what helpful? you wrote. Is that helpful? Oh, yeah. I like what you wrote. You said uh, a quote you said, when you help people build personal brands, they get to keep it forever. And that's that's so valuable. Well, I think it's the greatest thing you can it's the greatest benefit. I call it the new 401k. Uh, people are like, do it. Can I get a 401k? And I was like, well, what you really need is a personal brand. I mean, I'm happy to give you a 401k too, but you know, you can really cash in double your salary on a, on a, on a personal brand. And so um, that's a real benefit. And, and I think as companies start to wake up and as CEOs start to wake up, they're going to realize that uh, people are want to going to want to go to places to where they can get a leg up in their career. And so that's what we want gravy to be known as. And I think they can express themselves as well. I mean, it, it, we're sort of totally. still in this mode of company leaders saying, well, I want my people to represent my company well, but not so well that people really notice them. Well, and I think that's, yeah, that's It's stupid. crazy, right? It just yeah. works against you, especially these days, because, I mean, I get a, I get a, you know, sales pitch from an SDR and AE, what's the first thing I do? I looked on LinkedIn. Of course you do. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I mean, and, and, and my thing is, so we've got a guy named KZ. Um, his name's Keith. Uh, uh, he goes by Keith Zadig on um, on LinkedIn, and uh, but he's KZ internally. And KZ said that he's been in cultures and companies, uh, two different ones before this. Like, and he's a surfer type, like vibey, mm-hmm. like waves. He does as YouTube channel with. Uh, he's got tons of followers on Spotify and music, and so our thing is like, dude, how can you leverage all that, like? while you're at gravy. And so like, he's doing like little rap videos or little things to like for our SDRs to send out and all this kind of stuff. And, and the, and like the best way to give your, uh, the best way to give your brand a personality is to let your people's personality shine in the public. And so that's what the new brand is. So the new company brand, it used to be a billboard and a saying, and now mm-hmm. it's, K, now it's KZ doing a rap video. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, absolutely. So if you want your brand to have personality, if you want it to stick, if you want sales calls to happen faster, everything that the CEO ultimately wants is by letting your people and empowering your people to be them. To be authentically themselves on LinkedIn. That's it. That's yeah, I love it. That. Let the personality loose. I love it. I love it. Well, Casey, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but that's so much content there for people. And it's just, <laughs> I'm going to be listening back to this again as soon as we hang up uh, oh, here because yeah. there's just so much to consume. Was it but, practical enough though? Like, is there any, is there anything I can, anything else I can do to bring it down? Like, is there any practical stuff that you want to talk about? Not, or has it been okay? I, I think it was great. Okay, cool. But, but I think, you know, my parting thoughts then I like would be very simple is um, what you can't replicate is the heart of the leader. So, this is our DNA. Like this is who we are. This is, this is why we exist as a company is uh, to create a, you know, to create a company that I'd want my adult kids to work at someday. And so mm-hmm. uh, what I would say is 
you don't have to be like me. If that's not your, if, if you want yours to be sales metrics, do sales metrics. Like if that's the number one thing you want it to be is that I want to create the pipeline to create more customers. That's wonderful. What I've found though, is just be open about that and just be completely transparent with your people about it. And just say like, if you want to steer the direction of it, then do that. Like just be open about it and say, this is why I want you to do this. Is it so that we can have more money for our company? So I just see like, don't try to fake it and be like, oh, now I'm going to take on this thing and help you believe better than you came in. But really, you just want more sales. So just be honest about what you want, lay it out there and then empower your people to go do it. Excellent. Well, Casey, thank you so much for your time. And we'll make sure we do this again before too awfully long. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. We're ever so grateful of your for your support of this show. And I want to thank my guest, Casey Graham, for sharing his perspectives and insights with us today. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could also leave us a rating or a review and let us know how we're doing, we'd certainly appreciate it. And you can do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this episode is over. So thanks for your help. And thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.